This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl van der Merwe, and in this episode, episode 31, we're going to be looking at technology and travel planning with your children. Two things I really love are technology and travel, so I'm excited about this episode. But before we get going, let me give a shout out to our sponsor, Funder Funder Academy. Do take a look at their summer elective classes which are perfect if your child needs to take um, a class or two over the summer for your high schoolers to get credit. These are the same content as the classes we offer during the school year. However, there is flexibility in when your child turns in the assignment. So these are self-paced, they are still graded, there is help from teachers and teaching assistants in all the classes. But you can fit this around your vacation because we hope, as you, we're going to learn today, that you will be doing some travel and um, you will need to ha- let your children take off some time while they are traveling. just want to mention one of the classes in particular, and that is Intro to Theater. I had no idea all the different parts there were to theater. I just always thought about it from the acting point of view until my own daughter took theater. And this is actually created by her. She's now a college student, but she got into theater in high school and actually did a little bit of acting, but most of her work was behind the scenes. And so she has created a class that has encompassed everything that you would do in a normal school class in intro to theater, everything from from acting to um, the stage management, to writing scripts, making props, the stage makeup, stage costumes, a little bit of history. It is a really fun class. Great also even for seventh or eighth graders who you think might be interested in theater, but they don't know much about it. So do go and take a look at that. It's it's a fun one to do over the summer because it's not really hard work and easy to fit around the rest of your plans and you can knock out an arts credit by taking that or it could just be a general elective. So now on to travel planning. I'm excited about this episode because it is one that you can do with your children. That as you're planning for your vacation, which will take some work, you can get your children involved and teach them fantastic life skills and tech skills. Right now, I want to give a shout out to my dad because he's the one that got me going in learning how to do all these things. Back in the day when there wasn't much tech to do it with, though, when uh I was 12, my parents decided to take us around the world. We actually did a, um, we we took a camper, a small RV, traveled around Europe. And it was five weeks. It was a fantastic vacation. But I was tasked with planning the itinerary. And I had no idea that normally you didn't get your 12-year-olds to plan itinerary. And I just did it because my dad asked me to. I had to do it the hard way writing to the embassies to get information about each different country we were visiting. There was no easy tech to plan it all out so if I'd had these tools it would have been a lot easier. But ever since that time as we carried on traveling as a family um, we did do a lot of international travel. 
my dad would get us to do d- different parts of it. The, uh, I do also remember that in some of our travels, he would get us to work on the budgeting, to keep track of our actual expenses. One time he did let me handle some tech that you don't really want me to handle. And that is a video camera. It was those old days of video cameras. And I did not do a good job of it. So nobody ever asked me to take the video on vacation again. But this is a way you can get your kids involved in real life learning. And that is really what we're trying to do, especially as homeschoolers, is to teach our kids how to actually operate in the real world. So if you're going on a vacation this summer, I hope you're doing something, even if it's just a weekend away somewhere close by. Get your kids to help you do this. Right now, I am planning a trip to Spain um, with my husband and our two oldest children who are now adults, but I am still making them plan with me because it's a lot of work. And I know that this way they can also get a say in what they do. And again, this is a good idea because when you go somewhere and your kids have actually chosen what to do, they're going to be far more excited about it. I know that the trip my dad got us to, got me to plan around Europe, Um, He actually did all my suggestions. Uh, I was so impressed and uh, it was really exciting to see the things that I'd read about in real life and know that it was because of me that we were there. First thing you need to do is you need to find an easy way to collaborate with your family. I've just started a Google Doc, shared it with my two kids and that of course is a way that you can all put different things on it. Mine is just going to be as the different parts of our trip We're just going to all throw different ideas down. Then we'll look through them and consolidate and decide what we're actually going to be doing. Another way that you could do this is by using Trello. You could have uh, a different list for each of your different kids and they could all throw their ideas down there. Or you could have lists for each different part of your trip, maybe accommodations, um, maybe things that you're going to see or if you're going to different cities you could do that however you want to do it if you don't know how to use Trello go back and listen to my episode on that and there are great show notes which will give you examples of how to do it but um, it's just so easy now to actually collaborate and all throw your ideas together even if you're in the same house it's still easier to put it all on Google Docs so you know when the kids are asleep at night you might be sitting there and looking through what they've come up with For the actual budgeting and the costs, Google Sheets is definitely the go-to. You can have two different tabs, one for budget and then one for actual, or you can put it all together. This is a way to teach your kids how to use it. I hope you know how to use it. It's not super hard. You can, of course, um, also just do a little some learning on this beforehand. Uh, Funder Funders unit study on Google Drive does have a, um, a module on Google Sheets if you or your kids need to learn how to do that and just one cost will pay for it for the whole, um, for the whole family to use. Um, I will link to that in the show notes. By the way, the show notes are at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Look for episode 31. When you're in a, if you're going to a foreign currency, a foreign country, you will need to be using foreign currency. And here's where you can start to teach your kids how how that works. You can explain the economics behind it and they can use math skills to do the conversions. Of course, you can also put the conversions. You can um, set up little formulas in Google Sheets and there you'll be teaching them programming skills too, because formulas are just the basis for for a lot of programming. 
So a lot that you can teach them as you work through it. The other pro about actually letting your kids get involved in the budget, they're going to have to look it up, is they're going to start to appreciate how much money you spend on them when you go on vacation. They're going to start to understand when you say, sorry guys, no ice creams today. We went to that fantastic museum that you loved, but it was expensive. We're going to have to eat carefully today. We're just going to go and... You know, buy sandwiches or whatever you're going to do or we're going to just eat back at wherever we're staying so great ways for them to teach to, for them to start learning about some realities there now let's go into some of the actual tools that I like to use when I'm planning. There are so many out there and I would encourage you to join our Facebook group for this podcast, Homeschooling with Technology Community. I will put it in the show notes too. We, in there you can all share what your favorite tools are and we could help each other plan vacations. That could be a lot of fun. I like to start looking at Rome to Rio when I'm looking at how to get between places. Obviously, if you just know you're going to fly or if you've got a car, that's not a question. But if you're going to be in a city or going between cities, it's it's really nice to know what is the best way. How far will it be to walk? Um, should I take the bus? Should I take the train? Would it be better to hire a car? Rome to Rio is a fun site that kind of includes everything. It even has your Uber on there and other taxis so that you really can weigh up all your options and decide based on time and cost because it has both of those on there. You can even link them directly through to whichever sites you need to book on. You can make decisions. Google Maps has a lot of this info too. Um, In fact, I just now went on and put in Barcelona to Madrid and the first little tab at the top gives you their suggested route. And then it showed me that the best two ways would be either to fly or to take the train. And um, it gave me the costs for the flight. It didn't for the train. So that's where I think um, Rome to Rio is a little better because it showed me the relative costs of both when I looked at that a few days ago. But then on Google Maps, you can also um, ask the, you can click on the public transport link, you can click on walking and you can click on driving. So that's great when you're in an actual city. We were in Vilnius, which if you don't know is in Lithuania last year. And we would be sitting in the hotel and deciding, okay, we think we're going to be leaving in the next 10, 15 minutes. When are the buses coming? And we just go put it into Google Maps and would tell us which number bus to catch, what time it was arriving. That was really, really helpful. And which bus stop to go to because there were a couple nearby. Just so easy. I wondered how I ever managed to do this before. And my husband and I just realized how much easier tech has made it to travel. So that's just remember that when you're actually traveling. Now, if you don't have unlimited data or you're going out of the country and again, you're not going to be having data, do make sure you download Google Maps offline. I will put a link in the show notes to a tutorial to show you how to do that if you don't know how. But that's how we operate when we're in different parts of the world and we or if we're at home we don't want to use data you can have the actual map which means that as you're walking around it's it will show you where you are and you can see where you're going and you have a gps in your hand the whole time which is fantastic now if you're going to be flying somewhere I usually start by looking at Google Flights to give me an overview as to 
what the best days are likely to be to fly because Google Flights will show you when you select, if you say you have flexible days, it will show you if there are days a little bit before or afterwards which would make your flight a whole lot cheaper. It also lists most of the main airlines. Do note that things like Southwest are not on Google Flights and there are also some of the smaller regional airlines that are not on. So you may still need to go and check up on those to find your perfect solution. But it's a good place to start. I often look at Skyscanner which gives you more options after that um, and have, have a look there again to see what they are showing. But when I finally go to book, I usually do that on the actual airline site. You will sometimes find slight discrepancies, sometimes it is cheaper, it's not normally more expensive on the actual airline. When you're coming to look for a place to stay, you've got some options. My preferred hotel site is hotels.com. I like it because every 10 nights you stay there, then you get one night free. So obviously, who doesn't like free stuff? Um, my husband likes booking.com. Now, you will find most of the hotels in both of them, but sometimes things will show up in one and not on the other, or the prices might be slightly different. My brother-in-law likes Trivago. Trivago shows you lots of takes the um, and shows you all the different sites and which one is going to be the cheapest. So perhaps that's the best place to start out is actually on Trivago and then move to your preferred booking site. Airbnb is what we use whenever we're traveling as a family and I, if you haven't already used Airbnb I really suggest you take a look at it. It's great because you can get not just a hotel, and especially if you've got little kids, who wants to keep them cooped up in a hotel or even bigger kids? It gives you just more space. It gives you um, nicer lounge areas where you can all be together. And of course, it will give you a kitchen. Now, obviously, you can also sometimes get a hotel with a little kitchenette or at least a microwave. But this is a big cost saver if you're going someplace to be able to make your own meals. If you are nervous about Airbnb, um, we really have had only one mildly not so great experience and it was just we had to wait for a while it's really been great for us you can go and look at all the reviews which of course is one of the great things no matter what you're going to a, a hotels or all the um, attractions now there is no excuse really to end up with a dud though sometimes it still happens because you can read the reviews but on airbnb you get super hosts these are people who have got such great ratings that Airbnb has kind of give them select status. They don't cost more. They just are people who are going to be really amazing and you can trust them. So if you can, look out for super hosts because we've never had a bad experience with a super host. In fact, we've had fantastic service where they've insisted on taking us to the airport, didn't want to take a cent for it, shown us around town. It was in Lisbon. We had a fantastic, fantastic super host. Just it's an amazing experience. And you get to meet the locals. So, so whether you're traveling in America or somewhere else, Generally, your Airbnb hosts are nice people who will be giving you suggestions on what to do. When looking for places to eat, my younger son put me onto this one is to use Yelp. 
it has great suggestions you can go and put the town that you want to look in and then narrow it down to your cost and the type of food you want and the where you are so we often just do this when we get to a place we'll start to look around and see within sort of 10 minutes or if you want to walk within walking distance what is the best place to eat and you can get a really good idea from the reviews on Yelp now things to do This is always a fun thing to start to plan. And this is what your kids are particularly going to want to have some buy-in. And you can tell them, you know, you can decide. You can say to them, you each get to pick one thing. And then maybe you vote on three more things. Maybe if, if they're going to vote on everything, you get them to pick a few things. And you get them to do presentations. So you'll learn some presentation skills. Maybe get them to do a slideshow to say why we should go to their location. Or they can, they can just present it over the dinner table. However you want to do it. You could make a really fun project out of this. Now, many people's go-to is TripAdvisor. However, I am going there less and less because quite often the things that show up as being the best on TripAdvisor aren't really our favorites. Um, They're just the typical things that people do. The other thing that doesn't work so well is if you simply type in what to do in Chicago. Because the things that you will see that are listed the first few in Google will be um, the New York Times list of 10 best things to do in Chicago. Those are the sort of things. It's just the newspaper and again TripAdvisor. um, But the newspapers, you don't get the impression that the person's actually been there. It's much more that they've just kind of looked, come up with 10 things and then just listed them with a little bit of detail. Now, that's not what you want. You want to know what are the best things that maybe a family with small kids could do or a, the best things if you love history or the best things for um, people who love the outdoors or just generally looking at the best things. And I found the best way to do it is to add the word blog. If you say what to do in Chicago blog or what to do in Chicago with kids blog, as specific as you can get, the better. Then you're going to get the actual experiences of people who have been there. You can look through and you can see what resonates with you and what doesn't. And that is what the way we have found fantastic things to do all over the world. Of course, in doing all this research, you're going to be teaching your kids research skills, online research skills. And then the final point here is you're going to want to somehow map it all out, see what is going to work. Because your kids might come up with things that are just all over a a country or all over a city and you can't really easily fit them all in and get to them in places. And there, Google My Maps, which I did a recent episode on, is one of the good ways to plot it out. You can actually put pins down and see would this all work. Or even as I suggested in that episode, you can get each different child to plot what they would like to do and then you can take an overall look at it. Well, I hope this has been useful to you. Love to see you in our um, podcast community as we can talk through more ideas there. And I would love to hear if your children actually get involved with this and what learning you do as you plan your vacation and then if it works out well when you go on the vacation. Thanks again for listening. Again, I would love a rating on iTunes and I will see you again here next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermeerbe. 
Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.